from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Hello, Chiefs Kingdom. Welcome to your Friday edition of Locked On Chiefs. We're going to have some fun here. Get into one of your favorite position groups, the tight ends. So make sure that you check out the entire show. There's a bit of news. Things are changing and it might affect the entire AFC West, including the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to start there here in a second. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, your host over at RGR Football and um, generally a draft fan. And I'm Chris Clark and I'm a draft fan as well. Uh, Although people give me a hard time, I really enjoy the movie Draft Day. Uh, and I will probably be watching that in the next couple of days because it is about that season, and that's kind of how I kick it off every year, It's a regardless of how good it is. <laughs> that said, um, a lot of you never know is going on right now. I never thought that there would be a division in the AFC that could be as impressive as what could shape up to be the AFC West. This all comes through with a number of rumors going around. You could have prob- arguably the best quarterback group of any division in football. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna say just the best division. Uh, the best division in football right now. I'm gonna say ever. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is already the best player in the league. I, I honestly think that Herbert has the ability to be top ten, maybe even higher than that. I just I don't know. Uh, you have to see how he progresses. A lot can change from one year one to year two. We saw that happen in Denver with Drew Locke. So I uh, want to take a little bit of a step back and say, you know, I think he could be top 10. We'll see if he goes higher than that. Um, But yeah, you're looking at a situation where it is potentially possible that Deshaun Watson ends up in Denver, although it's probably unlikely at this point. But it did come out today that he has met with David Coley and he's told David Coley he doesn't want to play in Houston. He's not budging. (laughs) Yeah. I I tweeted I something to the same effect. <laughs> right. And I don't think that's going to change at all anytime in the near future. So uh, I think they're shooting themselves in the foot if they're not going to trade him before the draft, because then you're just waiting until next year to get anything back. Um, So I think Houston needs to figure that out and get it dealt at this point, because I don't think he's going to be changing his mind. Yeah. I mean, and one of the, the destinations clearly for Watson the, it, in the rumor mill is Denver. And if he ended up there, I think that changes the direction of that franchise. Clearly, the one thing that John Elway has been consistently good at is is trying to bring in free agent quarterbacks. I, I don't know if this like seals the deal on him not selecting Drew Locke in, in an appropriate spot, but certainly with the free agency, bringing in Peyton, Peyton Manning, being able to achieve championships, this is a, an Elway kind of thing in my mind. It definitely is, and the thing that's going to stick out to me is what is going to be the cost of Watson if he comes to Denver. Um, you know, right now they have a talented left tackle in Garrett Bowles who played very well this past year. You would imagine that he's going to continue to be on the upswing considering it looks like he figured it out last year. Uh, but the question is, is, is Houston going to ask for Garrett Bowles in a trade if they do that? Uh, and I think you would still make that trade, but, you know, it, it, the big questions there, but really the one that came out of left field today is we've been hearing that it's Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks have been having issues. And it came out today that Russell Wilson was open to going to four different teams, the Saints, the Cowboys, uh, the Raiders, and the Bears. Wow. Quite the differentiation in teams there. Yeah, to say so, especially 3B and NFC teams, um, Matt Nagy's like crossing fingers, toes, and you know throwing lucky 
foots over his shoulder with salt and whatever else he can come up with right now. Um, and I don't blame him. In in Las Vegas with John Gruden, I just I find that really interesting. I don't see them as personalities that would work. A- a- am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. I think that that is a fantastic point, and I have a hard time believing it would work too. But we can get into that deeper if it ends up coming anywhere closer to fruition. But I want to stick with the thought process of this being the best division ever in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks. Wilson, Watson, Herbert, and Mahomes all in one division. Yeah, I mean, just the addition <laughs> of Russ by himself. I mean, he was in the MVP conversation this year. He's he's lost out two other MVP seasons to what were career seasons for the guys who actually won it. So, like, he's right up there with Mahomes. To have Herbert, who I think is the, is the next evolution of, of trying to take a step forward, and we don't know what he's going to become. but And then Deshaun, who is right there with Patrick. I mean, he had a really under-the-radar season because they didn't win. But, man, that would be – it would be – something the rest of the NFL would fear having to have the AFC West on their schedule. Absolutely. And I would easily tell you that the AFC West would have probably three playoff teams every year. <laughs> the only thing that could possibly derail that is the fact that they would be beating up on each other for six games out of every season. But I do think that with those four quarterbacks, you would win most of your out of division games. Yeah. I mean, that's, and unfortunately, the beating up on each other thing is a significant piece because, I mean, it makes it nearly impossible to sweep the division at that point. You can say whatever the rest of the, of the rosters are, the quarterbacks drive this league. So um, having that kind of dominance in your division, which helps you get the, the possibility of the number one seeds, all that kind of stuff that just makes life harder. We have some things to talk about with Travis Kelsey and the, the crew about how they maneuver around the tight end spot and what the future might look like. And we'll hit that next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news, every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Uh, a Friday segment. I hope that you guys have had a good week. And we want to get into this because uh, we teased it yesterday. But it really is the case. Travis Kelsey not only has been the focus of this offense, especially when teams try to take away Tyreek Hill, but he's been doing it by himself for at least the last year, honestly a little bit before that, to tell you the truth. And at this point, he's got to have some help. I think, honestly, the the way that the offense has to evolve, it has to start using more than just a single tight end, whether it's Travis or anyone else, that goes from playing in line to playing you know, a slot-wide receiver role, which is pretty much what he does the most of, and vary that up to get new looks, new angles of attack against defenses that I think, again, will continue to play deep and make them either run the ball or look to pass short. 
Yep. And like I told you yesterday, Ryan's going to tell us how Kansas is going to land Kyle Pitts. So there you go. Yeah, no one's going to like it because there's only one scenario that involves removing a quarterback no one wants to see removed. So that's not happening. <laughs> that said, um, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because I think that there are a lot of uh, tweeners in this particular class. And I, for one, would like to see them go back to a guy that is a steady pass catcher and can block some. We know that they kind of thought that about Nick Kaiser. I don't think that that's panned out. I'm, I'm all for the upside of Deion Yelder, but he hasn't panned out either. So I do think that those two free agents in particular, we'll talk about them coming up, but I think they have kind of laid the groundwork for what needs to go on going forward. And that is, it's got to be a more varied attack than, like I said, just from an inline perspective or a slot wide receiver perspective for all intents and purposes. I think they need to look at doing the H back more. I think they need to look at, at you know running some whams inside for one thing, uh, even if it's not a, a blocking tight end, but using them on some of the inside gaps and being able to move guys around, run double, run H is like very up how you use the tight end position. I get what you're saying, and I understand why you're saying it. I guess my argument would be if I was Kansas City, I wouldn't necessarily worry about varying the position near as much as if I could find somebody that would get, was going to give me 85 to 90% of what Travis Kelsey can uh, on an off year for Travis Kelsey. I think you'd be in a fantastic position if you could go draft him, even if it's in the second or third round. Because without Travis Kelsey, he is the engine that is moving this offense. If you lose him, you do not have anything to anywhere get close to replacing him. Yeah. And that's a huge loss. And if you get a guy like Travis Kelsey, you know, maybe you can go with a year or two of, of a guy like Byron Pringle being your wide receiver number two. Because having those two tight end sets, you don't have to run necessarily three wide receivers all the time uh, because you're going to have a guy that can step in and, and do more things than what they've had lately. That's true. I think that does open up some of those possibilities. You're right. And a sp- specifically when Travis does actually function as a wide receiver in the slot most of the time, I think having the the double tight is exactly f- philosophically what I would look to do because while I see where you're coming from, Kyle Pitts is the only guy on this list that could do even have a glimpse of the future of Travis Kelsey. You know, Pat Fryermuth is not that guy. You know, you can go down. There's a couple of guys that I do like in some secondary roles, but there's nobody that can come in and do what Travis does. So I think augmenting it with, if you can run a two tight end set all the time and the other guy can be the in line where Travis is effectively your third wide receiver all the time, I think that actually works really well because then you can motion from double tight end line where you actually can run the ball with some effectiveness. And if they give you a, a, a loaded box, look, you can split both those guys out. You can go empty with the running backs that this team has. I think that's the ultimate in, in variability for this offense going forward. I just I think it's funny because you're always back to being able to run the ball, which is not what this team does. So no, but you gotta. I be get it. <laughs> I get it. It's just yeah. I mean, for me, it's taking what the defense gives you because I think if the Chiefs had done that in the Super Bowl, they have a second ring right now. If you had run the ball down their throat when they dared you to do it, I mean, the fact that Devin White is going up to Clyde post game saying, "Why didn't you guys run the ball?" I, that says it all. Because they're aware of their own weaknesses when they're out there calling those defenses. I think having a, a tight end that can come in and you can do that, and especially if you have two of them. And Travis has come a long way in his blocking in particular at 32 years old. 
I, I, that's not going to be his forte. So I think you need someone to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. And what I will say though, is I also think that it's, it's easy for us to sit back and say that they should have run the ball and maybe they could have had a Super Bowl championship. I would also argue that with the offensive line that they had, I don't know that it really would have mattered if they tried to run the ball. Now, maybe it would have made it a closer game, but I still don't know that Kansas City wins that game because I, their offensive line was so sh- in shambles. It'd be really hard for them to have a chance to win that game. Yeah, that's fair. I, I could see them putting up a couple of more touchdowns, though, because of the effectiveness that Clyde had just in very, very few touches. So, But you're probably right. They don't get all the way back there. That said, the variability of the position to be in line to wide receiver to H to even lining up at the backfield sometimes especially if they choose to not bring back Anthony Sherman. If his age is caught up to the point where they're not interested in that, I think you can get somebody like a Kyle Juszczyk. Not, I don't mean go sign him as a free agent. I mean someone of that type, which is an age back primarily that can then come back to a fullback spot. I think that's another interesting way to go about augmenting the offense with something new and different that, quite frankly, stresses the linebackers when teams want to play deep coverages, it's the linebackers you have to stress out. And I, I think that's a great way to do it. How they do that and who they do that with is what we're going to get into next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Now, of course, I'm not going to make any comments about Travis Kelsey signing an extension, because I'm always wrong about that. But he is clearly the best tight end in this game right now, and he's under contract at 13 13 and a quarter, right? That said, everybody else who played Sassford in this last season is going to be a free agent. Uh, they are restricted in that Nick Kaiser is an exclusive rights free agent and Deion Yelder is a, just a plain restricted free agent. Do you think that in this scenario, what they're looking for in 2021, that those guys should be brought back on tenders? I think Nick Kaiser will be, and I think Deion Yelder could be, but uh, you're going to be basically doubling what Yelder made last year. Mm-hmm. And for what he has done for this team, I don't know that they want to go there. Uh, but the other side of that is, is, and I think you're basically guaranteeing it once they sign it. So you're basically losing out if you sign, if you bring him back. So I, I have a hard time believing that Yeldon will be back in Kansas city on a restricted tender. I think that maybe he could sign a deal and come back for cheap, but uh, I could understand why they would want him back just because you have basically nothing else at the position right now. 
Yeah, I agree completely. And we've all seen the the saga of Ricky Seals Jones. And they Which is th- disappointing to say the least. It really is because of his potential. Although I, I guess we'll go here next because I really do feel that someone very similar to Ricky Seals Jones is on the roster. He's just not right now listed as a tight end, even though he was working in the tight end room for the last half of the season. That's Jody Fortson. A lot of fans want to see him develop. Can he develop as a tight end, specifically a tight end that breaks out? Because I Man, don't feel a small he, frame. Yeah, right. And I don't think he can come in and block in line very well. That's a difficult one. But yeah, do you think that'd be a very can, small frame? Right. But do you think that they consider it an option because they have Sean Culkin and Evan Bayless beyond that, and those guys are future contracts, um, like veterans that are still signing futures contracts at twenty eight years old. That's not going to be any more option than 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 Kaiser and Yelder, right? Uh, I I would love to see Jody Fortson be on this roster. I have a hard time believing that it's possible that he can make the jump to tight end and be that guy. Now, if you want another Travis Kelsey esque type tight end, uh, maybe, but I think you're really going to restrict when you would be able to use him to mainly red zone and being a big body uh, to give you you know something in the red zone. But at that tight end position, I think that would be very hard. I think he had potential. I thought he could have had potential as being like the fifth or sixth wide receiver for Kansas City last year. Um, it didn't work out that way. And I still think that he has maybe that potential. But without seeing how he's developed, it's really hard to know. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. And I think, quite frankly, the flip-flopping back and forth between position groups is probably not, not aiding his development. So I think it brings us back to the thing that, we may see Kaiser Yelder. I tend to think that probably not either of them, at least not on a on a tender. Maybe both of them go unsigned and, and don't get tendered, and then maybe you bring them back super cheap. I don't know. Um, but I think, honestly, I, I think some kind of free agent acquisition is probably the best path for this team to actually get use out of the tight end two spot. Yeah, if you can find somebody that wants to come here and play for cheap, because that's the problem you with throwing money at that position is they're going to be behind Travis Kelsey. So the chance of them actually getting yardage and getting stats to help them in the future is going to be very slim. Um, So I would think that it would be something where they're going to have to be looking at drafting a guy. Uh, And honestly, I I do think Kansas City really needs to address that position. And I get what I was saying earlier about, you know, if you're going to go find a Travis Kelsey-esque tight end, uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they did it in the second or third round. I'm still saying if Kansas City can find a tight end that they think can step in and give you some of what Kelsey can do, that's better than anything they've had in the past three years. Because at this point, they haven't had anybody on the roster that could step in and do anything that close to what Kelsey can. Yeah. I mean, and it's not fair. It's not a fair comparison for most people, and I get that. But the problem is, is if you are relying on Kelsey to stay healthy, for every single game, the reality is you can't rely on that. Yeah, you'll get no argument from me. Absolutely not. I mean, there are some other guys out there that you could look to. I mean, and we're not talking about the big names like Hunter Henry, who's going to get a contract. I mean, Rob Gronkowski isn't going anywhere, you guys. He'll be a Tampa Bay Buck. Um, you know, Mercedes Lewis is, what, 37 years old now? That's not an option. Um there are a couple here and there like Gerald Everett. Is he really going to get a six or $7 million contract? I tend to doubt it, but that's me. Um, 
you know, the, there are the Jordan Reeds out there who's over 30 now, could be a one-year sign. Uh, there's, I mean, there are a number of things, but it starts there again because of the availability of the position in the draft. We're going to talk about the draft quite a bit coming up, but how I want to take a step back and take a look at how you think they can maximize the next couple of seasons for Travis, given that he's 32 years old already. Well, it's going to seem counterintuitive, but I think give him less snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, try to keep him closer to 50, 60, 65% of the snaps as opposed to what is he, 80 or 90? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're taking a weapon off the field at that point, but may, and that's going to hurt. But if you want him to play for two or three years, you got to realize he's getting to a point where you, I mean, he takes some hits. And the only real way to, you know, adjust that is to, especially with an extra game coming this year, more than likely. I mean, that's definitely going to be something that you're going to have to look at. And that goes back to drafting somebody that can at least replicate some of what he can give you. Because if you can do that, then you're able to not play him as much. Yeah. And and honestly, I think the athleticism scores are going to be key for this draft class to see if there's anyone out there who can actually do that. I like Tremble from Notre Dame. I'm not sure that he's that guy that can give you any portion of of what Travis does. Uh, same with Hunter Long. I, I just don't know. It, to me, it seems, at least from, from initial reviews, that it's pits and pits and pits, and then it's question marks. Let me ask you this. Do you do you take do you take a long shot on a, on an old pal and see uh as a lot of fans have brought up that uh Demetrius is going to be a free agent again? I wouldn't be bothered if they did. I mean, if if he wants to come here for a million or a million and a half, I'm okay with that. Uh I don't think he's he's better than what they've had. That's the problem. He wasn't great, but he was still better than what they've had. So to me, if you bring in Demetrius Harris, that's fine. Uh, he can at least give you some, but I still don't know that that's I me. Mean, the problem that you have at that position, and this is the problem Kansas has had for several years, Kelsey has stayed so healthy that you're assuming that he's always going to stay healthy. If you don't start planning for a time where he's going to miss a game or two, and you got to have something in your back pocket to figure out how are we going to move the ball and how are we going to do this on offense when we don't have him taking coverages away, that's going to be a big issue, and I don't know how they're going to adjust. Yeah, it's a, definitely a tough call. I, I'm going to definitely go over the film from all the top prospects, all the draftable grades that I can find. And the other thing I would say really quick is if you were going to do it, I wanted to do it last year. I wanted to do it the year before that. But the longer you wait, the more of an issue it's going to become, and it could really kill a season if you don't get it figured out. Mm-hmm. because. At some point in the future, Kelsey is going to miss a game, uh, whether it's an ankle injury or whatever. He's going to miss a game, and your offense, if you're going up against an even semi-decent defense, is going to struggle that day because everything is funneled through him in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, there's no way around it. And, man, there's a couple of different options way late down, UDFAs, maybe late round picks that you could maybe take a gamble on and see what happens. I'm going to be looking at those guys as well. I'm pretty excited about it, and we should be excited because next week we're going to get into some of the primetime positions, the the things that the Chiefs need to get squared away in order to make that run. We're going to look at linebackers. We're going to look at the wide receivers as well as how the defensive line can improve. So make sure that you're ready for next week as we move closer and closer to free agency to see what actually comes with that. 
I expect that there will be some more cuts. So maybe we'll have more to talk about than I actually think about. It's definitely possible. I hope you're wrong. Uh, or I hope you're right that we do have a little bit more to talk about with cuts around the league. Uh, because I do like that when the NFL starts releasing veterans early, uh, because that gives them the ability to find a team before all the money's gone. So mm-hmm. uh, that's the way it should be. So, and we're going to find out more. And this is something that we just don't know right now. But we kind of talked about this a couple of days ago. We don't know what they're going to do with COVID this year. We don't know what their plan is and what their thought processes are. But I wouldn't be shocked if all that started to be figured out before free agency hits. I mean, obviously, they're going to have a plan for free agency and how that's going to work out. But they also have to have a plan for the year. And I'm pretty sure that that's something that they've been working on since the Super Bowl and probably since the regular season ended. So I wouldn't be shocked if we're not hearing uh, some of these other things that come out over the next couple of weeks to give us a better idea as to where teams are going to be and what they're going to be dealing with when it comes to having players on their team. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's all evolving right now. And as we get ready for the new league year there on March 17th, it's all marching towards that again, hopefully so they have the setup ready to go. I'm looking forward. I know Chris is, and I hope that you guys are as well. We're going to be back next week, continue to really kind of hone in on what they can do with some of the bigger uh, needs and progressions that they need to make in this off season. It's going to be a lot of fun as we get some new news on probably more player movement as well. So we hope that you guys enjoy your weekend. Have a great time at it. If you haven't left an iTunes review, go ahead and hit that five stars and let us know what you think. We're going to be back uh, on Sunday night with a show for you. I hope that you're excited about that. We appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for listening to us today. We'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.